0: What's the mentality you need heading into a UFC co-main event? How do you rebound from defeat and use it to make you a better fighter in the octagon? What's it like training under Eugene Behrman and Auckland's famous city kickboxing? And how did that work during the pandemic? I'm your host Joey Lynch and this is ESPN's Beyond the Lead with UFC fighter Kai Kara-France. Kai, don't blink, Kara France hasn't always believed he's the best flyweight in the world. But now, he does. And he thinks that's going to make the difference in the co-main event of UFC 277 in Dallas, Texas. After overcoming a staph infection to down Askar Askarov in March, Cara France set up a meeting with Brandon Moreno for the interim UFC flyweight title at UFC 277, a rematch of their fight at UFC 245, which ended with Moreno winning by decision. In conversation with ESPN's Sam Bruce, Kyra Franz talked about the mindset that he has built coming into this fight, especially the Maori mentality that has helped shape him, training under Eugene Bearman at Auckland's famous city kickboxing gym, how he kept training through New Zealand's response to the COVID-19 pandemic, and more. But first... The Kiwi reflected on how his defeat against a Brandon Royval at UFC 253 had served as a catalyst to promptly winning three straight fights and setting up a co main event against Moreno.
1: Yeah, that was a close fight. You know, things could have been a lot different. Um, just one of those things where um, it's not over till it's over. And um, that elbow came out of nowhere. And a lot of that first round, I was on autopilot, still rocked. Um, and like I said, I felt great going into that fight. So um, a lot of things were happening around my my life at, at that time. My son was about two weeks old when I when I left him, left him and my wife to go, you know, put on a show and, and go put food on the table. And then I was away for about four weeks, so all up about six weeks. Um, so it's pretty full on to kind of, um, it's a lot on your plate kind of thing. So I just had to kind of priorit- prioritize and, and um, I actually had to believe am I actually the best in the world and um, I guess that's what's changed I actually do believe it now so I just stayed in the gym and, and um, fixed ho- those holes in my game and um, I guess here we are now about to fight for the world title so uh, being able to just change it all around you know over three fights um, showing all of my game progression in my game and um, you seeing that confidence in the ring so uh, in the octagon so um, yeah I'm just in a great place but just trying to be the best version of myself. That's, I guess, the massive difference. Um, and that's being an, at home, being the best husband and the best father, translating into the gym, being the best athlete and the best fighter. So uh, just in a great place.
2: So mentality, Kai, as much as, as anything, that um, to be the best inside the octagon, you had to be the best outside it too. Yeah, definitely, you know, that
1: being a father is a full-time job and um, just to balance it balance it all out. You know, I've got a great wife and support system around me but um i wouldn't be where i am today if that wasn't you know um i guess in a great place and um i guess yeah w- with uh, what i've been able to do in the gym and, and um traveling and getting the job done and um it's definitely a mindset where you just got to turn up no excuses and and um just get it done so in uh these crazy times a lot of things that you can't control um and you just got to Work with what you got and what's in front of you, and um, that's what we do the, the best at city kickboxing. We've got a structure, even though our coaches are gone. You know, um, every week pretty much because they've got fights, they got to be at and, and helping our other fighters, we know what we need to be doing, and um, that kind of runs itself. So when Eugene is there and our other head coaches are there, um, you just got to soak in that time and and um, really harness it and use it. And then um, you know when I fought Cody Garbrandt in Vegas, Eugene wasn't there. He left the day before the day I got there he he had to go home because he didn't have um, a spot in MIQ which at the time that was um, how the world was working and um, he didn't want to be away from his family for months at a time so you know I still had Dan Hooker there in my corner my nutritionist and Frank Hickman my wrestling coach Um, but I just had that self-belief that I didn't really care who was in my corner I was still going to get the job done regardless so that's just what I mean just just turn up and um, back yourself and um, that's what you're seeing now in the cage
2: How challenging was that pandemic period in New Zealand, Kai? Because we didn't have exactly the same lengths of it here Mm. in Australia. New Zealand was probably the toughest place to come in and out of anywhere in the world as a professional athlete. How difficult? Man, like
1: the stuff that we had to deal with, it would have broken a lot of people and it would have just made people just fit up and just say, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, But at our gym, you know, we just, we knew... Everything was going to work out and um, we just stayed stayed committed to the cause. And um, just you got to remember what it's like fighting in front of a crowd and what it's like representing the gym and what it's like representing New Zealand. And um, yeah, a lot of different things we had to kind of overcome, uh, but I feel like that made us even hungrier to get in there because when we actually got to fight week, we just had to kind of um, show up and, and just remind ourselves what we had to go through just to get here, just to be able to fight um, was a massive hurdle. Um, you know, our gym was closed for about four months. So I was training in a garage, training, <laughs> I was training on a hill at the beach, you know, just trying to improvise, trying to get creative. Um, our, our gym would meet up at secret spots just so we could actually get some physical training in because at that time you could only have a bubble of your, your health bubble, pretty much. Um, so teammates were living with each other, um, so yeah, just crazy times that we had to do and, and um, I guess that was one of our strengths because when it was fight week, when we looked in our opponent's eyes, they could see that we were hungry and um, we wanted to be there and we weren't just going to make up the numbers. So when we got in the ring, just that, that fire that lit underneath us and um, yeah, it was, it was a massive hurdle. But um, yeah, look what we've been able to do with all that um, on a three fight win streak, fighting the best guys in the world and now things are back to normal. You know, our, our gym feels like pre-COVID where um, Alex is coming over from Australia. You know, we've got, we've got guys that are fighting in the local scene. They're, they're getting ready. So everyone's just feeding off each other. So it's a great place to be, um, great energy in the gym. And um, like I said before, what, what we were able to do without that, and now that it's back, um, it's just perfect timing leading into world title fights, especially Izzy and Alex, you know, defending their titles and me about the fight for my first um, interim at world title. So. Um, yeah, I've just been uh, soaking all that in, keeping my head down, and um, I get to showcase in a few
2: weeks. Talk me through the workouts in the garage, mate. What was the what was the setup? How did you uh, how did you make that happen?
1: Yeah, at one point, um, some of my teammates couldn't make it, so the wife was holding pads for me a bit, <laughs> for a bit. Um, you know, just trying to make it as hard as you can. Um, and yeah, um, at that time, my uh, my son was outside and I was just making room for him, you know, um, dad playing with his son, you know, play time. And then hour, two hours out of the day, I would go into the garage and just get it done and, and do, just do what I could. So um, eventually, you know, I had teammates and, and I, I was able to work with Eugene just one on one in the parks and just stuff like that. Outside of our gym, we, we couldn't go there because, um, you know, police would just randomly show up and make sure that no one was in the gym and just, just crazy stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, we were really restricted on what we could do, we didn't really have any special treatment from the government because MMA and mixed martial arts isn't um, a governed sport, we don't have any government backing so if you really want to do this, it's all on you. Um, but yeah, that's why when we're here now, you know, putting New Zealand on the map, putting New Zealand on this world map, um, we're, we're really privileged to be able to do this and um, the people that support us know, know that what, what we've had to do and what we've had to overcome. Um, so, yeah, we really, uh, re- really do appreciate when we, we get, I guess, the attention that we deserve when um, we're doing just as much as, you know, the other big mainstream sports, um, if not more. You know, UFC is such a um, global sport now. You don't need to speak English to understand what fighting is. And, um, yeah, we're def- definitely taking over. So this rise that Anzacs are having, not just in Australia, but in New Zealand, um, it's definitely uh, happening right in front of us. And I guess being right at the front of it, you don't really see it from that perspective because we're so, I guess, immersed in it. But um, it's awesome to see this, um, this wave happening.
2: How sweet that win over Cody Garbrandt because there was a lot of talk out there about him coming down from Bantam and just going to lay one on you. And you did the exact opposite to him.
1: Yeah, well, that's the worst thing you could do is probably overlook me. Um, and that just like, lights a fire underneath me, I guess, being bullied when I was younger and getting kind of put in that. um, It just brought me back to being in high school when um, you're kind of seen as a victim or like your timid nature, people take it for, I guess, a a weakness or or they want to, yeah, they just want to use it against you. But um, yeah, it's the worst thing you can do is underestimate me and and overlook me. So when Cody was saying, you know, I'm going to get past Kai and I'm going to be fighting for the title early January, was when we were fighting, um, I was just like, mate, you've got to fight right in front of you. Like, you, you can't count me out. And um, I, I was more than ready that fight. You know, I'd been working hard. I, I'd been, um, I wasn't in the gym, but I was still putting in work. And um, when I was there, uh, I was just hungry and um, just had to, I guess, tap into that and not get overwhelmed of where we were. T-Mobile Arena, um, pay-per-view, last pay-per-view for the year, main card, you know, sold out event everyone there going to support Cody, um, but I was there to spoil the party. So I guess when I found my shots, found the targets, um, then we uh, put them away. So pretty satisfying up on the up on the ring and just knowing that, you know, I didn't count myself out and um, yeah, got the job done. So I know everyone back home was celebrating just as much as I was. I had so many people sending like reaction videos of them screaming, my Nan up north, you know, up on her feet screaming at the TV. So it's pretty cool when you can, um I guess, Get reactions and put smiles on people's faces back home, and know that they're there, they're with, uh, they're with you. So, I guess we're uh, making more memories. This one,
2: one of those videos was of Israel uh, yes. in his lounge room with a with a heap of boys around. Jumps up to his feet. I think he's saying, "How about this bloke? Maybe um, amazing vision." What does that mean to you when you see that a teammate celebrating your success uh, like that?
1: Yeah, man. They're like that's. That's not a teammate, you know. That's a brother, that um, very close friend of mine, and uh, that's just how it is when we fight. We're so emotionally invested that um, you're just gonna um, you feel everything, you know. You're on this emotional roller coaster, and I feel like that's what um, like all my family feels. They hate when I fight because they feel sick that day. They don't want to watch, but they have to watch, and um, I guess yeah, they're just on this journey with you. So it's pretty cool seeing teammates, you know, so um, invested into me and seeing his reaction you know he could see everything uh, being set up so he never really doubted me but um he knows what we do in training so he knew that I'll, whatever situation I'd be put in I'll, I'll be able to um I guess withstand it overcome it and and find the answer to it so yeah we found the targets and um yeah pretty cool to get the world champion off his feet and um yeah when like celebrate like he would he would be winning so um pretty special moments, but um, I guess that's what it's like every time I fight now. So, like I said before, it's awesome to be able to do that for um, family and teammates and people that um, support you, and um, they will remember that for the rest of their, their lives, where they were when they watched you win um, your fight or watched you win your world title.
2: You mentioned Eugene earlier. Um, yeah. Just an amazing stable of fighters you guys have there across a variety of combat disciplines now. Um yeah. How does he manage it week in week out just talk us through the lengths he goes to to ensure that every fighter rocks up in the the best possible uh, position they can be
1: yeah so eugene's a pretty unique individual so um the most selfless person i know you know when we were doing these fights in the lockdowns i think he did miq maybe 10 or 10 to 12 times which is two weeks every time so that's more than three months in a hotel that he's sacrificing being away from his family who, where he has kids, um, not just the kids that are in the gym. Um, so yeah, the, the amount of work that he puts into um, is just on another level. So when you're at the gym and you're there to listen, um, it's dead quiet because everyone knows how precious his time is. and. If he's putting effort into you, you, you've got to make sure that you're, you're giving it back. You're turning up on time, you're listening, you're putting in the work. And even when he's not there, he's still there because he's watching on the camera and he'll be messaging the group chat saying, hurry up, you should be starting or just something, you know. So th- that's why the team kind of runs itself, even though he's not there every week because he's out over cornering in another country or at another fight night. Um, we know what is expected of us, um, so that kind of keeps you accountable and um, just keeps you in the gym all year round we don't really take breaks you know after you one year you, you take a few weeks off but then you come back and you give your time to the next guy who's got to fight so um that's the kind of environment that he's created where you know israel the world champion in the world but if he's late he's late he's either got to pay pay the fine to start doing push-ups so um that keeps everyone on an even playing field there's, there's no real special treatment
2: um and yeah it just that makes for a healthy gym and a healthy culture how do you approach a rematch in one that's quite a distance apart? Can you overthink it? Can you underthink it? Um, what goes through your, your head in terms of preparation?
1: Yeah, I guess when you're getting ready for a world title, um, even though it's an interim and it's a rematch, um, I don't really focus too much on my opponents. They can put anyone in front of me. Um, I still think I'm going to win. I still know I'm the best in the world. And that's just the kind of confidence I have in myself, um, especially in the last few years that I've... Um, The run that I've had uh, has just given me that, I guess, that uh, confidence that I needed to to know that and to give myself permission to be the world champion. I guess in New Zealand you have this um, downplay or humble mentality where you have to downplay your success. And um, I've had to kind of unlearn that where in a fight game you have to be confident, you have to know that you're going to win. You have to know that you're, you're the best and you, you can let your work do the talking. It doesn't mean you have to be out more outspoken and more um, take a different approach than what you used to. Um, but for me, I guess I had to really just accept it. And now that it's all right in front of me, um, it's everything that I've visualised, everything that I've been dreaming of since you know I was 10 when I started the sport. Um, it's all right there. So I have, I'm not really overwhelmed or shocked by where I'm at um and we'll for a rematch in front of me a person that i've already fought before brandon moreno you know great guy um, got nothing bad to say about him um it was a great first fight you know a lot of positives that we can take away from that fight a lot of things i've had to fix he did well to get the win um but it's gonna i'm a whole different guy since that fight. 2019 is not the same guy that i am now now being a father now being a husband now actually believing i'm the best in the world i feel like that's going to make all the difference so Um, He's not going to put me in any situation that I haven't been before. Um, And he's been fighting the same guy for the last few years. So he's only had to prepare for one look. And um, he might think that uh, he had one up on me in that last fight. But yeah, you've got to prepare for someone different now. Um, So yeah, I feel like I've got the confidence, I've got the momentum. And um, I've been, I guess, more active. So going in there, Dallas, Texas, doesn't matter where it is. um, I'm just going to put on a show back myself, go in there. And uh, no excuses, just get it done.
2: What were the positives in that first fight with Moreno, Kai? What um, What do you look back on and think, yep, I can really <coughs> roll that into the second fight?
1: Yeah, so that first fight, um, I did well in the first round, found my range, found my targets, dropped them twice. Um, this time when I do drop them, I'll make it count and I'll, I'll put them away. Um, I feel like my wrestling and my my um, grappling has improved since that fight. You know. Um, him taking Ashgar off to a draw, and me just beating Ashgar um I guess gives me a bit of confidence, knowing that whatever Moreno brings to the table, I'll be able to neutralise it. Um, find my way back to my feet, or find my way out of it, and um, and then we can put the pressure on him. So this time, when he when he gets in my face and he's doing all his antics that he usually does, sticks his tongue out, starts screaming, I'm just going to look right him in the eyes, look him in the eyes, and actually. Bite down on my mouthpiece and start swinging just as hard, if not harder. And um, he'll feel my presence. You know, I, I, I'm going to channel all that support from back home. Um, me being moldy, me me coming from a warrior background. You know, I really have to tap into that when I fight. And um, you'll see that switch in my eyes. You know, I won't have that shy kind of calm presence when I'm in there. I'll have that you know fire that's lit underneath me, and I'll go out and take it. I don't want this to be um, a point fight. I want this to be a statement. Fight for me. I want this to be my biggest and uh, biggest test, um, but nothing that I'm not ready for. So I I can't wait for this fight. You know, it's something that motivates me. Something that um I've always wanted to do. Run it back and, and get one get one back against Moreno. And um all these fights are in front of me. I'm not looking past Brandon, but I can see me fighting F- Figueroa. You know, um, unifying this title and bringing it back to New Zealand or Australia. We haven't had events down here in so long, so. Um, how good would that be to bring a title fight back to this side of the world and, and um, do it in front of our people. So, um, like I said before, not looking past Brain and Moreno, but that's how I see the future, um, and it's all right in front of me.
2: Explain the Māori mentality and personality, I guess, Kai, to a to a global audience, to an American audience. What does it mean to be a Māori New Zealander? Yeah, so
1: being Māori, um, I guess... It's the way you. It's your upbringing. It's the, uh, I guess, your, uh, your character and um, just channeling that. So, my ancestors would have been fighting on the battlefield over land hundreds of years ago, um, and it's just in us to fight. It's in us to go to war um, and um, go to battle. And uh, I kind of tap into that when I do fight. When I do make my walkout, I come out to a song called Poye, which is a um, pretty well-known song in New Zealand. Um, it's a Māori song and it uh, just brings me back to the present. So when I'm walking out, I'm not thinking about anything else, but I'm just thinking about back home and thinking about all the people I'm representing, um, all my family, all my um, ancestors or tūpuna, and I'm uh, just channeling it. So um, when I'm in there, I just kind of soak it all in and, and just kind of, it reminds me of what I'm doing and uh, it's so much bigger than myself. You know, I'm, I'm kind of paving the way for the next generation, the next, Kai, the next Izzy, you know, they're watching now and they're saying, if Kai can do it, why can't I? And um, when I'm in there, I'm just zoned in, focused, forever, however long I'm fighting, 15, 25 minutes. And um, yeah, I'm just ready to, to lay it all out there. You know, I'm, I'm kill or be killed in there. So um, that's the kind of mindset you've got to have. Um, and um, there's no emotion involved. It's just business for me. And um, it doesn't matter where we, where the fight goes, we'll be ready. So yeah I, I put everything into this you know I, when i when i'm in my fight camps i take off all the boxes I, I try to do as much as i can only 24 hours in the day but I, I try to do as much as i can um inside and outside the gym because it's more than just you know training or or sparring you know you've got to really believe it you've got to tap into that top one percent in your in your mind and you've got to really um manifest it and um that's what i've been doing you know working with a sports psychologist working with a breathing coach working with a strength uh, strength and conditioning coach and then on top of that all the other things that come with it you know nutrition physio chiro um, and then the best thing that we have is eugene our head coach that puts it all together um, so so many different things um, but that's what i mean when i said I'll, i'm just trying to be the best version of myself and just put my best foot forward so i'm more than ready for this this is what i was born to do and i'm ready to get, ready to get it done and bring this world title back to new zealand
0: Co-mate eventing alongside the rematch between UFC women's bantamweight champion Juliana Pena and former division title holder Amanda Nunez, the current UFC women's featherweight champion, Cara France's meeting will take place on Sunday, July 31, Australian and New Zealand time. Kiwi heavyweight Justin Taffer will also be in action that night, taking on American Dontale Mays in the prelims. For everything you need to know about that card, as well as everything mixed martial arts in general, be sure to keep your eyes on ESPN, ESPN ESPN.com.au, and the Worldwide Leader in Sports dedicated social media handle for all things MMA, at ESPN MMA. But for now, I'd like to thank you for joining us on another edition of ESPN's Beyond the Lead, this time for a conversation between Sam Bruce and UFC fighter Kai, don't blink, Cara France. I've been your host, Joey Lynch, and as a reminder, you can catch this episode, every other episode of Beyond the Lead, and all of ESPN's collection of podcasts and audio goodness, wherever you do so happen to get your bodies from. If you're enjoying Beyond the Lead or any of those other podcasts, be sure to subscribe, leave a famous five-star review, and help spread the word. But thanks for listening today, tomorrow, or whenever you happen to be tuning in. And do not fret as I'll catch you soon for another deep dive into the world of sports as ESPN takes you beyond the lead very soon.